Thanks for downloading this podcast from Brum Radio. For more programs, search our podcast page at brumradio.com. In the heart of Birmingham, one team to bring you your week in geek. It's the Geeky Brummy Show every Saturday, 12 till 1 on Brum Radio. Welcome to the Geeky Brummy Show with your host, me, Ryan Parrish, producer Sean. Hello. And producer Dave, who's hiding out the back of the room. Hello. Today. And Hello from Dave. <laughs> and uh, we'll be with you for the next hour here on Brum Radio. Uh, as you might have guessed from the Superman theme that we just played, it's going to be a bit of a DC special this week in honour of uh, Superman's birthday on the 29th of February. And a few things we've got coming up with the return of The Flash, Arrow, Supergirl and Legends of Tomorrow on TV. And with the Batman, ver- Batman v Superman, not Versus, Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad movies coming up soon from Warner Brothers. We have a very special guest here today who is Keith Bloomfield from Hard Luck Hotel blog, I believe is your own website. Hard Luck Hotel is my online identity. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Hi. And uh, Keith's actually been down to Nostalgian Comics for us this week and had a quick chat with uh, Surfer Dave, I believe, for yeah, us. Yeah, we had a brief chat yesterday and we'll hear that later on. Yeah, that's brilliant. Thank you very much, Keith. Would you say you're a big DC fan, Keith? From an early age, yeah. I was a big Batman fan from very early on. So some of the first comics I bought are you know, newsagents. Mm-hmm. I think the first one I bought was actually Aquaman. Right. And then went from that to kind of Justice League and then Batman. So we're talking kind so of. Of a promotion there from yeah. in superhero the fir- terms, yeah. The first colour comics I picked up from my local news agents were the mm-hmm. um, the DC comics, right? And um, so you've been down to Nostalgian Comics this week, I believe, and had a quick chat with the guys down there. Yeah, I had a uh, brief talk with Dave, uh, Surfer Dave, better known as in Nostalgian <laughs> Comics. He comes, he's usually hiding my upstairs in the uh, back issues section. Yeah, um, and so we popped over and had a little chat with him about kind of what's happening in the comics world at the moment. Yeah, and that's kind of a dream job for every comic book fan is to be surrounded by back issues all day. So we're just going to have a quick chat now with Surfer Dave on the show. So here we are upstairs at uh, Birmingham's longest running comic shop, Nostalgian Comics, upstairs in the back issue section, and I'm here with Surfer Dave, just to have a little chat about what's coming up in the world of comics. Hello. Hi, I'm Surfer Dave from the back issue section at Nostalgian Comics. I think our biggest news we have DC Comics is the new reboot of their universe, which they've entitled Rebirth. We're going to get a lot of new number ones from them. Also, they're bringing the price down to actually encourage more readers in, but some of the titles will be shipping twice a month. So you're going to get titles like Aquaman, Batman, The Flash, Green Arrow, Green Lanterns, Superman, Titans, Wonder Woman. All of these are going to be shipping twice a month. Oh, um, and of course, Action Comics and Detective. These titles will be shipping twice a month, but they have brought the price down to the 2 99 there has been a lot of talk of how the new 52's got a little bit convoluted and messy lately so I imagine a reboot it's needed from what I hear from the customers it sounds like it's not only needed that people are looking forward to the other important news for nostalgia is this year we're getting involved in small press day which takes place on the 9th of July which is a Saturday if you want more details check out our Twitter and Facebook and we'll be putting things on there shortly. So is there anything else coming up from any of the other major publishers? Anything big on the horizon for Marvel, Image, those kind of publishers? The one, obviously, with the, the film-wise, uh, I mean, Civil War. Um, I, I'm, I'm personally waiting for the Doctor Strange movie. I can't wait for that to come out. It's uh, one of the characters I've always enjoyed. And uh, again, I think the buzz around that's going to be huge. The Civil War, however, the only, the only little tidbit from that is there are going to be over 60 named characters within Civil War. So that'll be 
That'll be interesting to see if we can spot them all. And with Batman versus Superman coming up at the yeah, end, end of this month, beginning of April, who are you pitching to be the, the winner of that conflict? Uh, Lex Luthor. <laughs> Great. Well, thanks a lot, um, Dave. Thanks very uh, much for that. And we'll hope we'll Dave again soon. for agreeing to have a little bit of a chat with us on the show. And thank you to Keith for popping down there. Uh, so, as so if Dave mentioned there, DC are going through another reboot of their comics. This was after a reboot after Flashpoint, I believe it was in 2011. Yeah. Yeah. So, what happened in the DC universe? It got very, very, very convoluted with infinite earths which was a another <laughs> point where they reset but there's multiple characters multiple comics for each character and it was getting a really confusing stage at the time so they did flashpoint reset it reset all the characters and reset back to issue one and the point of that was to try and variate the catalog a little bit to uh hopefully give some new audiences and uh, what was your view on the new 52 there keith Personally, I wasn't a great fan of New 52. Um, I, I read a lot of the DC comics in the early 80s. Yeah. Uh, went through that kind of crisis on Infinite Earths. Picked up with the John Byrne Man of Steel yeah. uh, and all of that kind of reinvention of, of their universe. And again, it just started to get slightly more convoluted. So when we'd got things like Flashpoint and Infinite Crisis yeah. and New 52, I kind of drifted away a little bit from, from the DC universe in terms of their comics output. Yeah. Uh, but then uh, they've they've always put out great stuff on TV, the yeah. animated shows that they've done, um, animated Batman, animated Superman, things like uh, Teen Titans, Young Justice. A Batman great. animated series, which is one of my all-time favourite shows. The, the, the perfect <laughs> representation of Batman on screen, yes. as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. So they've done really well TV-wise, yeah. uh, and in recent years we've had things like Arrow and Flash, and yeah. now Supergirl and Legend of Tomorrow coming along, and their film universe is starting to um, come together as well. Yeah. So I think part of the rebirth thing is to kind of realign all of that a little bit, so that mm -hmm. there's a bit of a consistency between the audience they've developed through their TV and films, yeah. and kind of bringing those into the comics, so they understand mm -hmm. from what they're seeing on screen, what's yeah. going on in, in the comics, and they haven't got... 70 Definitely, years of backstory yeah. to, to go through to work out who's who and what okay. their connections are and everything. Yeah, I mean, I think the fi New 52 as a concept was a brilliant idea which they tried to bring in, which was basically uh, 52 weekly comic books uh, themed around certain things. So there was like the Justice League group, yeah. there was a Batman group, a Superman group, uh, quite a few new titles that they brought in. And then I believe after the first year they went cancelled six, relaunched another six as part yeah. of the second wave. Well, they tried, to, they tried to bring in some of their older characters. So you've got characters like Jonah Hex yeah. coming back mm -hmm. and, and having regular issues. And they, they were kind of bringing their um, more mature characters as well. So they'd had their Vertigo line where characters yeah. like John Constantine and Swamp Thing were living. Yes. And they kind of reintegrated those back into the more mainstream DC universe. So you've got Hellblazer and Swamp Thing. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and those kind of other, other characters there, so they had their darker, dark yeah. Justice League and stuff like that again. Yeah. So um, it was it was an interesting concept. It could, it, it could have gone a lot, you know, in a lot of good ways. But I think again, it, they just it started to get a little bit muddled and yeah. a little bit complicated. I don't think they were expecting the popularity of Marvel to go so stratospheric to be honest I think yeah. that's probably caught them a little bit unawares there but again that's Marvel having their, their cinematic universe yeah. influence their uh, In comics yes, as well and, and they've really capitalised on the fact that they've, they've built this audience from the big screen and brought yeah. that back into their comics readers as well no that's definitely a good point there I mean DC is one of my old favourites I mean the Alan Moore Dark Knight days which 
it's it's one of the most astounding books and you can see Christopher Nolan took a lot of influence into that into the three Batman movies he did with Christian Bale and uh, we seem to be getting a lot more rounded out Batman in the Batman v Superman trailer who's looking a bit more grizzled a little bit more tough going back to the return of the Dark Knight kind of era do you think is the feel that you're getting from that yeah definitely getting that the vibe of that Frank Miller yeah. Dark Knight and yeah. I mean it works out quite nicely because I think we're 30 years now since the original publication of yeah. uh, the, the Dark Knight and yeah. I think Ben Affleck is, is looking like he's going to get that quintessential yeah. Bruce Wayne Batman persona down uh, yeah. quite well so I'm kind of I'm kind of optimistic for it um, <laughs> you know it's, it's a few weeks away so we'll yeah. all find out quite soon how about yourself? You're a new big Batman, Superman fan. I, I've got to say, I'm just curious as to how they're going to combine the two. Like, what's um, what's the premise? Is is one of them going to be like the bad guy? Is are they going to be sort of obviously the verses implies that they're going to be scrapping at some point? But what what are they actually going to be fighting over? What's the what's the argument? I think if you had a chance to probably watch the trailer. Um, you see Wayne Enterprise get taken out with the fight from Man of Steel, where Superman. Uh, was fighting with General Zod. Gotcha. Uh, so okay. that's, that's where it comes from with the whole big fight across Metropolis and then into Gotham, I believe. And you see Ben Affleck's, well, you see Bruce Wayne sat there cradling a child on the floor whilst looking at the destruction around him. And I think it looks like he was Batman and it looks like he's revived Batman in this and he thinks Superman is a threat more than right, a okay. help. But it's going to be very interesting as well because we've got Wonder Woman turning up in there. Who is sorry? No, yep, it is Wonder Woman. Sorry, yep. Gal Gadot, and she's actually going to be playing an antiques dealer, I believe, called Diana Prince instead of Princess Diana. But she's going to be an immortal, helping out for them fight against Doomsday, who you might have seen at the end of the trailer, who's the big guy, whose looks from the way the trailer described it looks like Doomsday is a reanimated General Zod. Not not confirming that, but the way the trade has been built, it looks very much like that's going to be that. They're leading us that way. Yeah, they are and leading us that we've way. We've seen well. a few more characters appear in that film as well, so I think potentially we're likely to see Cyborg mm-hmm. and Aquaman, yeah. uh, because the, the subtitle is, is Dawn of Justice, so yeah. it's, it's definitely being used as, a, as a, a starting point to start introducing characters that are going to appear in, in Justice League. Yeah, and they're point. really going for kind of, well the Justice League version of what you'd, you would have seen in the Avengers movies yeah. getting all these characters, establishing that backstory, giving them a bit of origin and getting them all together to duke it out probably with a few big tough guys so it should be a really interesting thing. Yeah cool, we'll, um, we'll get the, the link for the trailer, yes. popped up on our, our Twitter, at Brum Radio yep. so, Yeah, yeah you can find it on there uh, we'll get that popped up shortly so you can have a watch of the uh, Batman vs Superman I think the third trailer was released recently, yeah. which had a little bit more which one slight concern for me is where you got Batman holding a gun, which kind of goes against the entire Batman character a little bit. But we'll let Zack Snyder have his little bit of artistic license with that one. I have been corrected, and I do apologise to Mr. Neil Patel. It was definitely not Alan Moore who wrote The Dark Knight. It was Frank Miller, him well known as of Sin City, and those kind of comic books. So apologies on that one. I think I was getting myself a little bit confused with Superman and the man who has everything, which is where we actually found Superman's birthday being the 29th of February out there. And uh, Keith slapped me around the head for that one as well. <laughs> yes, uh, definitely. Apologies on that one. Right, so now we're just going to mention a bit about the uh, renaissance in DC television and their work on the CW channel in the States and showing on Sky over here with Arrow, Flash, Legends of Tomorrow and Supergirl. So Arrow and Flash both return this week after a mid-season break 
uh, and Legends of Tomorrow started on Thursday. What did you think of Legends of Tomorrow, Keith? Uh, for a pilot episode, I thought it was great. I think uh, it was having to establish all of those characters to a yeah. lot of people that may may not have been tuning into mm-hmm. Flash and Arrow. And yeah. I think as, as a setup, great to have Arthur Darville back as Woodhunter. Yes. He's yes. a character I've, oh, I've always I've, I've always enjoyed. Rory and Doctor Who, if you yeah. remember him, has his own time machine now. Yeah. So you know, obviously, he, he, so does, he fin- does must have finished his apprenticeship yeah. with uh, Doctor Who there. Uh, but I think, uh, in terms of setup, um, it, it's it's going to get there. I think it's uh, yeah. looking looking really interesting. And and at the moment, I'm mm-hmm. kind of looking at um, Captain Cold and Heatwave as being the two characters that people yeah. are going to get drawn to. Yeah. So people actually may remember Captain Cold and Heatwave because they were in a show called Prison Break, which was out a few years back. So. Um, Never remember the guy's name. Wentworth Miller. Wentworth Miller. Yes. There we go. So he was the main character in Prison Break, and then they kind of slotted these two in into the Flash, where they were shown up originally. A pair of thieves, one with a cold gun, one with a heat gun, which was both actually stolen from Star Labs, where Barry Allen's little base is, where he's got the Flash team sat there. That's where they've come from. It's also reintroduced Hawkman and Hawk Girl, which. Uh, regular DC characters I believe you'd say long term members of the Justice League at certain points in the DC history they have a slightly convoluted history in terms of who they are sometimes they've been humans sometimes they've been aliens so I think at the moment they're the human versions of those characters they're immortal humans who get reborn every time Vandal Vandal Savage Savage. who is the main villain in this who is uh, pretty much the most evil man to ever live and immortal and so basically he gets his immortality from killing Hawkman and Hawk Girl through every iteration and that allows him to keep living. Uh, you also got Heatwave in there. Uh, Heatwave was actually originally Stephen Amell who plays the Arrow's cousin, Robbie Amell. Firestorm. Uh, Firestorm. Heat, sorry. Heatwave. No, 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 yeah. My, my mistake again. I'm not doing too well today, am I? But sorry, Firestorm, yes, who was Robbie Amell, who was Stephen Amell's cousin in real life. Uh, he was there and he fuses with another... A professor, never mind. Put me on the spot now. Remember his name, Victor Gerber from. Yes, he, Victor, people might have remembered from Alias yes. a few years back as well. But he yeah. fuses with another character and then becomes a, has the ability to fly around. Yeah. And there's a few other characters. So you've got White Canary, who is played by oh, Katie Lotz. Katie Lotz. Yeah. That's where I get there. So she's actually played by she was Sarah Lance in Arrow originally and she was the first Black Canary who then was then killed in Arrow replaced by her sister Laurel Lance who most people know from the comic books as the Black Canary and uh, but she's now being reborn they did that through Arrow during the last few episodes and see and introduced that whole backstory with Laurel taking over so now we've got the White Canary in there as well and that's I think that's pretty much it for the list we've also got Ray Palmer Ray Palmer is the, the Atom. Oh, the Atom. The Atom, yes. Otherwise known as Brandon Ruth, otherwise known as Superman from Superman Returns. Yeah. So is it a great set of characters. Yeah. Atom's a great character. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got um, Firestorm, the nuclear man, as yes. I always remember from the comic books, is a great character <laughs> course, as well. Yeah. Um, and also we've got um, Gideon, the AI, as well, yes, which is kind of runs the. Um, the Wave Rider, which is a ship they all run. Who was Marina Backer in, in The Flash, but they've swapped her out for another voice actor, I believe. Yeah. I think Marina Backerman's got too much on the plate for commitments-wise on that one, unfortunately. But um, So there's a, quite an interesting mix of DC characters in there, yeah. and recommend it. Definitely worth a, worth a watch. The first show was pretty much a bit of campy, fun I'd say. I think it's definitely coming out of the Flash style yes. of, of TV, where it was... It was the, 
good, plenty of good action, yeah. quite light-hearted, mm-hmm. you know, so it was it was definitely pushing that kind of um, slightly slightly more mature, but still family-orientated entertainment. Yes, I mean, because the Arrow is quite dark, I'd say, compared yeah. to the other series. It's still got its light moments, but it's it's definitely the most dark out of the series. And it's similar in tone to how I feel Supergirl is as well, a little bit relaxed, a little bit more introducing the characters, getting them built up and getting that backstory crossed over. A big fan of the uh, Wave Rider as well. Beautiful little ship. I think that's it, it. To me, it feels a little bit like a cross between Firefly and Doctor Who. Would you say that was kind of? Where if you look feel? at if you look at Rip Hunter's costume, yes. if you don't go if you don't go to Mal Reynolds yeah. with his with his look there, yeah. it was definitely that kind of case. And when he and he whips out his laser re- uh, revolver, it was mm-hmm. um, it was it was a very nice piece with that kind of the trench coat, long coat stuff. Very yeah. nice stylistically, a good stylistically, yeah, really great. And so and also Arrow returned this week, uh, episode ten, which was. Um, Pretty much, we had a mid-season break with Damien Dark attacking Oliver Queen as he ran for mayor. Sorry for spoilers if you are watching, <laughs> but um, so that's where that's come come back again. It's been quite dark, quite gritty. Yeah, um, well, the events of the, the episode before the break has yes. kind of given Oliver Queen cause for concern. I'd yes. say so. We don't quite we don't kind of know at this point in yeah. in the episodes how that's going to pan out because yeah. we've we've seen some things that kind of like. Mm-hmm. Could could not be good for some characters. Yeah, and it seems to be the arrow is taking more of a villain of the season approach rather than the Flash, which does have a villain of the season, but it's more monster of the week as you go along. Yeah. So with the arrow, the first series it was all against the Dark Archer, Malcolm Merlin, and his plan to destroy Starling City as it was then. Second series was Deathstroke turning up, brilliantly played by Manu Bennett. I think he was perfectly cast for that role and you might remember him from the Spartacus TV series but he pretty much nailed Deathstroke to me perfect representation of the character he was at at that point the the reason you were watching that show yes most definitely then season 3 we had Raz or Raish Al Ghul me and Keith have already had a disagreement on this one I'm I'm on the the Raish Al Ghul side of that and it was a whole thing about Oliver becoming heir to the demon and wish not wanting to be Oliver it would track quite closely to an old Batman book I believe yeah it's interesting with, with the Rage character for me he's always mm. been a, primarily a, yeah. a, 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 a character that appears in the Batman books yeah. um, so you know they, they did a reasonably good job with that and I, th- I believe that he's actually going to make an appearance in Legends of Tomorrow at some point yeah. in, in the episodes coming up so if you haven't met that character already yeah. you'll see him yeah, uh, in a few weeks now. and that's the beauty of Legends of Tomorrow it's a time hopping show so yeah. they can go anywhere and any point they want so they can even go back and flash back into a few of the old Flash and Arrow episodes which brings me on to the Flash uh, brilliantly being played by Grant Gustin I think he's pretty much nailed the Flash as a character I mean, it, it, it's astounding pretty much with not much experience prior to that but he seems to have really picked up how Barry Allen would feel in the comics to me and uh, what's your opinion on The Flash so far? Of the current lineup of DC shows The Flash yeah. is the one that I'm enjoying the most mm-hmm. it, it's a great show very light on its feet yeah. great cast uh, and, the, and the interaction between them all is, is really nice that whole team Flash is just fantastic we've got uh, Cisco we've yeah. got um, um, I can't remember his name. Doctor Wells. Doctor Wells. Who, who is, is Ed? He's <laughs> a great character, uh, and and they really yeah. have kind of nailed that whole DC um, villain yeah. monster of the week thing. They've had yeah. some great. We've we've had uh, King Shark, uh, and, Gorilla Grodd. Yeah, um, um, brilliant 
got was quite a well acted one. Jesse L. Martin as um, Joe West is doing a really good job in that one, keeping it a little bit more grounded because Flash is a little bit more superhero yeah. than I'd say Arrow would be. And I also like as well they've 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 had little nods back to in the early nineties there was mm-hmm. a, a, another Flash TV yes. show and they've managed to cast at least three of the of those cast members yeah, have appeared so, at some point. So Barry Flash. Allen's dad is the original Flash in the nineties one, yeah. and he was actually Dawson Creek's dad. Yeah. Also, uh, so you might remember him from that as well. But uh, you've had Mark Hamill, who most people will probably know from Star Wars, yeah. of course. But he's done a lot of voiceover work. He was the Joker for quite a long time in the animated series and the Joker in the Arkham Asylum games yeah. up to a certain point. And he's been brought back as the Trickster. So he was the original Trickster in the '90s TV show. Really good to see him. And also, there's been a it, it well just generally Flash has been a really great nod back to the old 90s campy style in a few episodes especially the trickster ones yeah it's 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 definitely if you're going to start anywhere with the DC TV universe start with the Flash it's Mm -hmm. it's a great show yeah so also in that um, we've got Supergirl on which is midway through season one over here which having a break it's due back this week I believe so get your sky planner or virgin box or whatever you use to plan your tv get it ready but um yeah so supergirl i mean you're taking that one i like it i like it again it's it's very light-hearted it's great it means i can watch that show with my daughter as well so she's got a a character that she can um Mm -hmm. have an have an affinity with and and i think it's a it's a great again a great show it's light on its feet it's doing some interesting things they've taken it really well by keeping it a slow build-up, I think. Yeah. So it's it's been really well. Uh, you've got Dean Kane from the from a uh, new adventures of uh, Superman, Lois and Clark in yeah. there playing her dad at some points. <laughs> so yeah. you'll see him in a few episodes, and um, I believe it's the Supergirl from the movie playing her mom, Helen Slater. Helen yeah. Slater Pla- yes, plays, her, plays her adopted mother. Her adoptive mother, of course. Uh, yes. And also we've got our Britain's own Dave Harwood yeah, as well. David Harewood, uh, yeah. Brummy born and bred. Yeah, a very proud Brummy. Pla- play- uh, I won't spoil it if you haven't min- managed yes. to see it, but he does end up be- uh, being one of uh, one of my favourite DC characters as well. Yes, and it, it, he's probably the only one who can probably go toe to toe with Superman. On, yes. uh, I'd give a hint that way. Yeah. So if you know who that is, you probably would guess by now um but supergirl it's been a really great showing start to start off with uh i believe they're actually doing a copy of the man who has everything in the late in the episode coming up one of the episodes that i think it's aired already in the states and we've got it yeah. coming up in a few weeks time and, and they're yeah. doing their own kind of version of that um, so that should be really interesting to yeah. watch see their take on that one and uh grant gustin who is the flash he will be crossing over at some point soon at the tail end of the series to bring Supergirl into the the rest of the TV universe. Yeah, that's one of the great things about the Flash shows. They've established this idea that there are multiple mm-hmm. universes. They've got Earth Two as a yeah. part of their current storyline. So being able to cross across to Supergirl. Yeah. Even if it doesn't take place in the same universe as Flash is basically set, yeah. they can come up with some way yeah. of bringing uh, those characters through. I mean, going back to the Flash, who have you got any ideas who you think Zoom is yet? They, they they twist and turn. So at the yeah. moment, I'm I'm a little uncertain. It could go a lot of different ways. Um, yeah. At one point, I was perhaps thinking it might be his uh, Barry's dad. Yes, from Earth, Earth Two. two. Yes, um, I, I, that was my original suspicion. Uh, one suspicion I also have is now they brought Wally West in, who took over from Barry Allen as the Flash in the comic books, I believe. If that's I correct. am correct, yes. yes. <laughs> so we've got Wally West appearing. So he's Joe Weston, who's 
who's been brought in this season as a long lost son kind of thing not known about by Joe so it could possibly be Wally West from Earth too which would be interesting because they've actually introduced the original Flash Jay Garrick as well yeah. this season who's from Earth 2 so he was going back before DC even had the rights for the Flash I believe a long long time ago it's back to the golden yeah. age of comics uh, so you're listening to the Geeky Room Show with myself Ryan Parrish I have producers Sean hello producer Dave hello. hiding at the back of the studio and we've got Keith who's joining us for the whole hour and he uh, even popped on a little bit earlier with uh, Nostalgian Comics and you can find them on Twitter, I believe. On Twitter, at Nostalgia and Comics. And, and on, Facebook. on Facebook. If you search for Nostalgia and Comics, you'll find them quite easily. And, of course, on the website as well, with, which is Nostalgia and Comics. I mean, uh, Nostalgia and Comics is pretty much a legendary comic book shop in Birmingham. It is Birmingham's oldest comic book shop, I believe. It moved a couple of times. but I think just moved the once, and it's moved, been in its just current location for, for quite a long time. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's legendary. Yeah, yeah definitely. On Small Brick Greensway and... Do pop in if you ever get a chance. And uh, the guys know pretty much everything you'll ever need to know about comic books, I'd yeah. say. I mean, it's, it's, it's a shop where um, it's it's got a, a fantastic young readers section. So if you've yeah. got young children who are kind of um, interested mm -hmm. in the TV shows that they're watching or the cartoons that are on, yeah. uh, they've got a dedicated section that have got uh, books aimed at young readers. So yeah. they've got books there for uh, licensed stuff like Adventure Time, mm -hmm. uh, Regular Show, yeah. and then other great um, so these big Cartoon Network shows. Yeah, big Cartoon Network. And then yeah. and then more stuff like uh, titles like Oddly Normal and. Yeah. Um, Amulet and or, you know a great set of books aimed aimed at those younger yeah. readers. Quite a big anime and manga section as well. In huge, huge uh, manga section, <laughs> which is which is great. So that yeah. again, um, plen plenty of, of choice there for, yeah. for readers of all ages. Possibly not so great for some of the younger readers, um, but again. Yeah. The guys at Nostalgia, if you go in and you have a chat with them and you kind of give them some ideas of kind of the age and, and what, the interests yeah. of, of, of the guys that you're looking to get into comics, they'll point you in the right direction and will mm -hmm. you know, suggest some really good reads. Yeah, and always a great place to go and pick up trade paperbacks and hardbacks if you're picking up a few back issues. Uh, always got the weekly releases and quite a lot of merchandise as well. If we're, Yeah, if they've, we're got, they've got a, a very large selection of, of what the currently popular Funko Pop, pop Vinyls. <laughs> Yes. Uh, which I think uh, can be slightly addictive. I think if you get into that, you, you, um, you might find yourself with a wall full of things. Yeah, I, I'm a big collector of those, as Dave is probably aware. I would seed wide. Uh, but I've pretty much got the entire Arrowcast so far. So I did the subscription box as well, so you get the Marvel Collector's Corps, the limited exclusive ones. Yeah. That's a big, fa big fan of that. Might actually look at giving some of those away in a few weeks if you keep listening. <laughs> so keep your eyes peeled on that one. Uh, so just circling back around to our theme of DC this week, uh, we're going to talk about the Suicide Squad film coming up. This has got quite a lot of DC's B-list, would you say? Fair, fair, fair com comment? Except for the Joker, of course. You, you, you probably <coughs> refer to them as, as B-list characters. Yeah. yeah it's, mm -hmm. if, you, if you're a big fan of the, the comics, the, yeah. the Suicide Squad have, have been yeah. quite a uh, popular book again yeah uh, post uh, infinite crisis yeah, they had their own series yeah. again they had uh, rick flag who's yeah. kind of like the nominal leader of them but the idea is that yeah. they're a group of villains mm -hmm. who are coerced coerced is probably a strong <laughs> word but yes who told, are forced into <laughs> told to go and do yeah. things that might end up in yeah. their demise so they have actually been in the the Arrow at some point, and Amanda Waller has been in the Arrow quite heavily but this is a completely separate casting and uh, the Tack Warner have taken, who now own, of course, DC comic books, I believe. They bought them a few years back. Yeah, 
Time Warner, I think yeah, Time, Time Warner. when they, they, yeah. they took off. So yeah, they, they're kind of now yeah. the owners. So instead of the way Marvel are doing it, where Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., it directly interrelates with the Avengers TV, uh, Avengers film series. Uh, DC have taken a different tack. They're keeping their TV universe and their film universe as current as it is. They're keeping those very separately. Uh, so you've got quite a lot of repeating characters who you might have seen in the Arrow coming up in this film. So you've got Will Smith, who's probably the uh, flagship actor in there. He's as Deadshot. So he's an uh, assassin and criminal mastermind uh, he seems to have been very coerced into this one looking at the trailer uh, and he's, he's known to have a bit of a mouth on him as well in the comic books he's pretty much the antithesis of Batman so gun obsessed and quite likes to talk whereas Batman's gun anti-obsessed <laughs> anti-gun obsessed is what, what how would you describe G- it gunphobic gunphobic yeah say, gunphobic yeah. is a great way to describe that and is very quiet of course and you got jared leto as the joker massive shoes to fill here i think is a fair description yeah that's that's going to be the, the the role that i think will make or break suicide squad i think if the, if the audience takes to his interpretation of the joker yeah. Then, then they'll want a few people over. But it, like you said, big shoes to fill. No, I mean, the Heath Ledger. Line. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how can you top Heath Ledger as the Joker? Which is going to be a very interesting way to see what he does. From the trailer, he looks like he's got the na- laugh down pat, and it seems to be a very interesting take on the character. Uh, you've also got Margot Robbie, who is Harley Quinn, who actually didn't come from the comics originally did she no she's her first appearance was in the batman animated tv series so she's mm-hmm. a character created by paul dini yeah um and she she was a great addition to that yes. show and she kind of went on to be a, a firm fan favorite mm-hmm. uh, and so she leapt from that tv show started to appear in the comic yeah. books themselves mm-hmm. and her fan uh, base has grown and grown and grown yeah. she's she's the, the, her original costume was a great cosplay yes. costume, oh, and yes, she's definitely. she's known for carrying around a giant mallet. Yeah, um, she also has pet hyenas. Which yeah. I'm not sure we'll see in this version. Yeah, of Suicide Squad. I think with this one, she's got a baseball bat at the minute. I haven't seen any hyenas so far. Yeah. I mean, if nobody knows what the backstory of Harley Quinn, she was actually Doctor Harley Quinzel, who was the Joker's psychotherapist in the original series, who actually gets reverse psychotherapized by the Joker and turns into his girlfriend. Yeah. And she's been featured very heavily in the Batman Arkham Asylum, uh, Arkham Knight, Arkham City games that have been done by Rocksteady. Yeah. So if you picked up any of those games, you're probably very well aware who, who it is. You've got Tom Hardy as Rick Flagg, who's pretty much the everyman of the group. A little bit quiet there. Is he, is he actually Tom Hardy? Is, was it Tom Hardy? It was originally Tom Hardy. Originally Apologies. Uh, it's actually been replaced now. I think he had other commitments on that one. Uh, I'll just find out who it is. Just give me two seconds. Apologies on that one. It's, these cast changes happen all yes. the time. They just can't settle on these. these, no, these never actors. can settle on who's who. It's so unreliable. Which it's quite a shame, really, because Tom Hardy was amazing as Mad Max, Max Rock, yeah. Rock to Stank. Stanky. Forget that it's sorry, Joel Kidderman now who's taken over. We've got Joy Courtney as Captain Boomerang as well. Uh, so this is an Australian supervillain who has a very wide range of boomerangs he throws, including exploding ones, poison boomerangs. He, he was pretty much a bit of a comic character, would you say, back in the day? 
not yeah. taken too seriously? No, no, he's certainly not taken seriously amongst his contemporaries. So no, it's going to be interesting to see um, how they deal yes. with him in, in what's quite a, a realist, you know, quite a grim, witty-looking yeah. Suicide mm -hmm. Squad. So, uh, yeah. Uh, apparently, uh, when Jai Courtney got the role, he was told him to play him as a bogan, which, if you're, if you're aware of with Australian terms, is pretty much... Uh, Australian chav so heavy drinking lots of swearing lots of fighting and that's pretty much I think the way he's acting from the trailer yeah there's, there's a great piece in the trailer where he's kind of like hiding away and just kind of has quick opens a tin and it's like <laughs> opens a, a tin and has a quick yeah. beer so you've got Viola Davis who people uh, might, know, might know from how to get away with murder she's actually uh, Amanda Waller who is the leader of this group of Mercenaries. She's the one who gets them sent out, basically. She's the one who issues them their yeah. kind of possibly uh, death-eating yes. missions. Yeah, and you've got a few other less well-known characters, I'd say, fairly. So you've got Katana appearing there, who has a cursed uh, Katana blade. Uh, you've got Entrant Enchantress, who they're going for a possessed witch this time, I think. Yeah, it's. I think they're taking a little bit of a a detour from the yeah. how, how they actually appear in their comics mm -hmm. um, versions. So Katana yeah. is is a character that's got a lot of connections with Batman again. Yeah. Um, so she's appeared in his uh, team, The Outsiders, at one point during her comics history. So it'll yeah. be interesting to see how they're tying it all together yeah. in terms of that. Again, Katana was quite heavily featured in Arrow in the Arrow third again, season yeah. as well. Uh, so you also got Killer Croc, who a little bit smaller than most people would expect from the comics. The guys about eight nine foot in the comic books and doesn't look that yeah, much taller than Will Smith. It's a little bit more Smith. like a crocodile in yeah. its comics yeah. form, but again, mm -hmm. that, that could be interesting. It's, a, it's yeah. an interesting range it's of characters really they picked. Mix. And of course, you've got El Diablo, who is pretty much a flaming guy. Yeah. <laughs> there seems to be everybody needs some guy who shoots flames out of his hands at some point in any time for film series at the minute. If you're going to have a super team, have a super team that's got lots of different abilities to fit yeah. any any um, mm -hmm. any need that you might have at some time. So what are your opinions on the trailers that they've released so far? What, what are you thinking? They've got better as they've gone along. Mm -hmm. um, I think you know the, the, the most recent trailer, the use of the music, the use yeah. of the kind of staging, the, the kind of playing up a little bit of the banter between characters and, and mm -hmm. the slightly kind of um, comedic elements. Yeah, Could, it, make, it looks it looks interesting. It, it does look really good. I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan. I'm more of a fan as we go along. I mean, it it seems to kind of start to fit in with Batman v Superman as well. You might. Some people might have noticed Batman has appeared in the trailer, and uh, Ben Affleck is rumoured to be in, appearing in it as a little bit of a possibly quite long cameo against the Joker and yeah, Harley uh, Quinn at some point. Online over the rec over the, the past few months, you, you've seen pictures of, of a Batman-looking character riding yes. around on the top of the Joker's car. Yeah. Um, so whether that's flashback or whether it happens within the, the film yeah. itself, it's. Um, it could be um, could be an interesting uh, interesting mm -hmm. movie. I think it's got a lot. It's whether it goes with the usual Suicide Squad yeah. uh, idea of not everybody makes it out. And we'll see you next week, guys. Hello and welcome to Geeky Brummy here on Brum Radio with your host, me Ryan Parrish, and producers Sean. Hello. And Dave, who's hiding at the back of the studio. Hello. And we've got some very special guests in today, who are Ian and Hugh from Kitagon. Hello. 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 
Right, today we'll be talking, taking a little bit of an anime flavour in honour of our guests who uh, host probably Birmingham's largest anime and geek convention, probably one of the country's biggest, would you say? Uh, it's one of the largest residential ones. Mm-hmm, definitely. Uh, so we'll be having a quick chat with our new TV correspondent, Paul Hadley, as well. He'll be taking us through Geeky TV in its many varied forms going forward. Just let me reintroduce our guests again. We have Ian and Hugh from Kitacon. Hello, both. Hello. 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 And you're going to be talking about what Kitacon is for those who probably aren't a little bit aware of it. Yes. Yeah. Yes, uh, Kitacon is a... It did start as an anime convention back in 2009. We had a few events mm-hmm. down in Northampton. Right. Uh, about 2011, we actually moved over to Birmingham, and we yeah. had a nice little nestled home at the Hilton Metropolitan Museum. Yeah. And from then, it's kind of exploded from being just about anime out into all reaches of the geeky yeah, universe. Good. So we talk about anime, mm-hmm. there's TV, there's film, there's comics, there's video games. There's quite a lot. It's a broad spectrum now. Yeah. And um, considering my start in, in conventions has been in anime, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's quite a weird evolution, but it's yeah. a good one nonetheless. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's been prevalent. I've men- mentioned it a couple of weeks ago now. Geek culture is, seems to be one of the biggest areas of growth in culture at the moment yeah. I mean uh, I think the internet's helped with access to a lot of different places where you wouldn't go so like what well, I started watching anime myself probably around 98 99 and it's very difficult to source anime through the usual channels yeah I was I think mine was 96 97 <laughs> maybe 98 on, on, on the old sci-fi channel late yes. nights with uh with things like Akira and, oh, and Luke classic, the Third, yeah. Castle Construir, all that sort of. So yeah. this means I so I've sold discs to both of you guys then. <laughs> <laughs> very likely. At some point, very yeah. likely. Yeah. Yeah. Ten, yeah. ten years ago, I was in the business. Uh, right. At ADV Films before it went bust. Oh, right. Texas company. So um, if you bought a British ADV DVD, yeah. it's bec- I almost certainly uh, proofed it, wrote mm-hmm. the content on the back of it, wrote yeah. the advert. So that's, 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 that's things like Evangelion, isn't it? Yes. The original Evangelion yeah. show oh, works and all the iterations, including um, I, I, I helped it. I supervised the it for the very first advert we ever did on Sci-Fi Channel in 03. Oh. Um, and yeah, we, you know, it was, as you say, anime was starting out then. There were yeah. three of us in an office in London backed up by the big company in Houston. Yeah. It was, uh, so it I was remember. small days, but now, look at it. Yeah, yeah. one of my first anime memories was actually Channel 4 when they were showing yes. Legend of the Four Kings oh, very early yes. in the morning. Yes, I remember that. I watched that, yeah. That was super early in the morning. And then we had Toonami, of course, which was yes. spin-off uh, of the Cartoon Network. I, 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 call, I, call, I call Toonami and CNX the golden era. Yes. The golden era. If you were into anime at the time, or even World Cinema, mm-hmm. I was into a lot of martial arts action, yeah. Hong Kong films at the time. You still that, are. That, uh, <laughs> which I still love. It, yeah. is the, it was the golden era. But, mm-hmm. it, I mean, the, the era for the convention community now is, is really good. You have all these different events. And yeah. Obviously, us as, as a big residential convention in Birmingham, mm-hmm. and you look at other things like MCM across yeah. the UK, is the geek scene has really exploded and evolved. Yeah, and with the residential convention, you've got three days jam-packed full of stuff. Yes, three yeah. days jam-packed. <laughs> Anything, yeah. like I said, anime, TV, movies, games, all that stuff, mm-hmm. wedged into panels, talks, workshops, and even concluded in the night with uh, some really big parties as well. Oh, they sound good fun. They always sound good fun. <laughs> They're, it's yeah, it's a lot of hard work put oh. together, but when you see it all come together mm-hmm. at the weekend and, and see everyone having a great time, it, it makes it makes the job worthwhile. Yeah, you've gone a little bit more exclusive this year than last year as well because you've. Cut back to about a thousand guests from two thousand. Yes, we usually are a big event. We last <laughs> year we had our our fifth, uh, yeah, no, our sixth event back to the Kitacon. We had about one thousand seven hundred and fifty. Yeah, um, because 
it's a smaller weight for this one, Gearcon Carnival. <laughs> yeah. um, we decided to scale back, make the workload slightly easier, easier <laughs> on ourselves. And then, <laughs> <laughs> I guess we're a few weeks away. That's a bit of an understatement yeah. now. But, but um, <laughs> no, it's it's a smaller event because usually the big summer conventions tend to be the big summer holiday ones mm-hmm. where everyone everyone goes to. Yeah. So a smaller event, it's kind of it's a bit more intimate, but it's still the same event. Yeah, worse. I mean, with a thousand people, it's still a big event. Yes, month, absolutely. I mean, yeah. a lot of the residential conventions around us tend to run between 300 to probably 500, 600. Mm-hmm. Now, um, we we started out about 300, 400, and yeah. we just got bigger with each event. So it's yeah. kind of a weird step going backwards, but I think it's sort of the diehard fans will come back. Yes. They always do. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And uh, your theme this year is Carnival. Can you explain yes. a little bit of that? Carnival, circus, clowns, all that fun. Yeah. Um, we tend, we used to start off with KeoCon as KeoCon 1, KeoCon 2, KeoCon 3, mm-hmm. all the way up to KeoCon 4. Yeah. Um, we had a little break in 2013, we came back in 2014, and when we came back in 2014, we decided at the time, I know, well let's, let's have a theme, let's call it a name each yeah. time, because it sounds a little bit more exciting than just KeoCon 5. <laughs> so we started off with KeoCon Invasion, which was all yeah. about sci-fi invasions, and then when we came back in 2015, which was also the anniversary for Back to the Future, we yeah. decided to call it Back to the KeoCon. Right. So again, time travel, still yeah. a bit of a sci-fi element. Um, we really came up with the theme a few days post Back to the KeoCon, because we, we were a little bit burnt out, because obviously 18 months hard work, yeah. and we are just throwing ideas of, oh, this would be a good idea for a convention, this would be a good idea for a convention, and then we started talking about things like circuses and, and clowns. I, I can't remember how it really began, but mm-hmm. the, the term circus and, and carnivals yeah. came up, and someone just went, oh, this would be a good idea for a theme. It's not sci-fi. And we went, you know what? It is. And, and that's generally how KeoCon Carnival yeah. is born. And the nice thing about this event is we can tailor some of our, our new events, our little workshops and that that happen inside the event to yeah. that theme. So we've got something coming up called um, uh, KeoCon Cabaret or Cirque du wow. Geek. So we've got, we've got some talented performers coming in doing circus acts as well. So we are playing to that theme. As that, well. that sounds incredibly interesting. Mm. I'm sure your guests are going to be big fans of that when that's happening. There. Yeah. And uh, cosplay seems to be a big thing of the events as well. Yeah. Yes, we always have things like the costume masquerade. It's our centerpiece. It's like the jewel in the crown, which we have on Saturdays on uh, every KCON weekend. It's always Saturday, middle of the afternoon. Everyone gets their best costumes up, mm-hmm. goes down the catwalk, show them off. We even have the cosplay competition, which is really fiercely contested all the time. Yeah, uh, we usually invite some of our previous winners back to do the judging as well. Right. So that's going to be quite exciting. And also, this kit has got talent on the Sunday, which some people will use to again cosplay, but. As well as cosplay, they've got to perform, they will either yeah. sing, they'll dance, they'll do a little skits. Um, in some cases, some people will go out and film their own little video skits, which uh, they bring. I think last year we kind of, last year we had, um, if anyone knows the Shia LaBeouf live song by Rob Cantor, <laughs> yeah. uh, me and a couple of very dear close friends, we went off, um, we filmed our own version of this yeah. in, a, in a small little church and a little hall as well yeah. and we uh, dubbed it Shonen Jump Live ah. where we parodied all the things like Naruto Dragon Ball Z yeah. One Piece and all that sort of stuff yeah. and because uh, Shonen Jump is a very well known Japanese yeah, it's, manga it's, magazine for it boys basically it is it's, yeah. one of the, it's one of the like cemented rocks of, of yeah. anime manga in that sort of sense so it's more of a light jovial poke of all the things like mm-hmm. Dragon Ball Z going on for far too long with, with yeah. filler episodes same with Naruto and stuff like that but um, yeah. no, that's the sort of quality and calibre that we've we've seen now in, in those sort of yeah. skit things so it's always always quite nice yeah because you do have an AMV competition as well which is really yes. at the moment and you still yes there's still entries available AMA music videos I, 
I, I am a big fan of anime music videos. I, I think I entered one competition once. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I entered it with uh, the theme to, you know, the opening music to Shaun the Dead? Oh, yes. Yeah, I did it to Helsing. Oh, very nice. And I lost out to someone who did a Naruto version of the Matrix Reloaded trailer. あ、ラストラストは素晴らしいです。ラストは素晴らしいです。ラストは素晴らしいです。ラストは素晴らしいです。ラストは素晴らしいです。ラストは素晴らしいです。ラストは素晴らしいです。ラストは素晴らしいです
Yeah, or somebody who can actually explain death and rebirth and the end of Evangelion. <laughs> Sadly, <laughs> I can do that, but I had to do that for a living. <laughs> end of Evangelion, I just assumed everyone turned to tango. <laughs> <laughs> and I still do. Yeah. So you actually do this as a not-for-profit event as well, don't you? Yes, um, basically everyone who takes part does it for free, mm-hmm. virtually. Um, I've been running, I've been helping out the convention since 2011. <laughs> I, I don't get paid for it. I just, like, so people just sort of give their own time to create these events, same as you here. Hughes. Well, I mean, you know, it's one of those things. I, I'm a consultant. I do various things for various people. But this was one of those things where Ian asked me. Um, they had their part, last press officer stood down and they wanted someone else. And I was yeah. like, you know what? I haven't been involved with the con scene in a while. I used to do it regularly when I worked in the DVD and film business. It was a thing you did. But, you know, anime companies got in before the other companies yeah. to make use of the convention circuit as a way to sell product yeah. and meet the fans, bring guests over. It's something we, we I helped pioneer, and I'm very proud of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of, we, we shot one of the first YouTube videos that went viral for MCM before MCM shot their own stuff. Right. Um, so I'm very proud to have been right there at the beginning, and it's something I haven't done for a few years. I've been in web publishing for three years, doing mm-hmm. um, online geek-related magazines and things. Yeah. Um, and so when Ian said, you know, we've got an opening on the committee, do you want to do it? I thought, why not? You know, we yeah. know, we've known each other for donkey's years through through the fan circuit. I mean, yeah. I met him uh, uh, as a fan. Yeah, I, I think, ironically, we met at my first con. Yes, I in think two thousand four. I think so, absolutely. And and, and and coincidentally, you and I actually wrote for the same website at the same time as well. Oh which yes, is now, which has now gone, which has changed its name and become a different website. But yeah, um, we've been, so it's been a long time. And so I, I thought, why not? Um, you know, yes, it's not for profit, but it's such a successful brand. Bikitacon's been around long enough that it has such a a, a, a great following yeah. amongst the geeks who who have been and love it and the ones who want to go. And we're actually it's been running long enough now. It's it's onto the next generation practically. Yeah, geeks. and um, that's that's something. You know, you, yeah. you, you know you're getting involved with, with something I've, that's got a reliable reputation and, 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 and you know, good people behind yeah. it. I think there's something, there's something obviously well loved about KitaCon. If each event we keep filling up yeah. very, very quickly. Um, early KitaCons, we took a couple of weeks, a couple of months. Mm-hmm. And then it really started to pick up. I think KitaCon Invasion, we filled up in about three days. Wow. Uh, back to the KitaCon, we filled up in one hour just under one hour 15 minutes and when we opened up the doors for Carnival back in January we filled up in 34 minutes and you can't really get yeah, it. You can't really. <laughs> and I don't think that's some sort of, that is a really nice way of, yeah. of validating that the stuff that, that I do or obviously stuff Hugh's been working on do, the yeah. committee has been doing even we spend all our, we spend most of our free time on this and to have that sort of validation that people are yeah. eager to come to our event so quickly just like that it it's it's gratifying. It's, it's gratifying, gratifying, but yeah. it's also it makes you feel good. You know, you're putting on an event that the community clearly enjoys. Yeah, and you also have opportunities for guests to get involved as well with the Gopher system, isn't it? Yes, of course. I mean, attendees that come along, we we always ask for help. We always like people to help us out. And again, the Gophers are just important as the committee and the staff that make the events possible. Gophers, they give them give a few hours across the weekend. Some give. A whole weekend some will give maybe a day maybe less but the more they work the more benefits they sort of rack up so if any attendees looking are uh, coming want to help out and create mm-hmm. that kitcon magic we still have applications open i'll go for officers we're yeah. very keen to, to hear from you <laughs> yeah but um there's always perks i mean people who who spend a lot of time they usually end up with with nice perks like free tickets to the next event yeah. as well so we do reward those who help us out and, and, of course, and that's, that's a great way to get involved yeah exactly that's that, that's how people start if you if you're interested in one day being involved in the con committee then you you can't do 
any worse than starting out as a gopher, you might as well get involved and see it yeah. from the ground up. A lot, you know. a lot of people on, on the committee now started off helping out and in small roles. I mean, I, I started yeah. out as a general dog's body back in 2011, and now it's quite scary. You don't know it's body now. <laughs> I'm no longer a dog's body. I'm, I'm a co-organiser, co co-head organiser, and, yeah. uh, and the host, and doing all these different bits and pieces. <laughs> I mean, the funny thing is, why a lot of people have just sort of got involved and sort of gone, oh, yeah, I'd like to do more of this. I actually had to do a job interview when I joined this. <laughs> <laughs> because the, the major time, the, the, some of the old members of the committee were no longer with us. Mm -hmm. They were, they... They did like a proper job interview. It was like, send us a cover letter, send us a CV, explain why you want to do it. What experience uh, have so you I thought, had, Okay, yeah. fair enough. Yeah. And I, I did what they said. And within about a month or two, I found myself at a hotel meeting going, oh, you're on board. Okay. Mm. <laughs> so it was a weird job interview, but uh, yeah. I think looking at how things have progressed since then, it's probably one of the best decisions I ever made. <laughs> That's great. And you actually are supporting two charities this year. Yes. Which are, are. Attitude is Everything, I believe, yep, and the Sarah Lancaster Foundation. Yep, two really good charities. Um, attitude is Everything is quite a, quite a personal one for our chairman. Mm -hmm. um, his mother's involved in that one. So, it, and we supported them last year. Really, really lovely charity, Attitude is Everything. And Sophie Lancaster is a new one for us as yep. well, but in terms of our community is just as important as well mm -hmm. and it's a great way to, to make the con a yeah, little bit more special by helping to support those who you can yeah. the way you can yeah we do we do charity work over that weekend as well we raise money via charity auctions and we've had sort of like these sort of rare items come overseas before we've had orange boxes donated from konami themselves wow which Fetched, I can't remember how much last year fetched it was oh, about. It was, yeah, I think it was well over a grand. Again, so uh, we get these great donations from, from game makers, from, yeah. from studios, from labels and stuff like that, and we chatted them off. And that's how we really do make a nice big bulk of the money. But we always encourage people to donate throughout the weekend as well. Mm -hmm. And again, it's, it's a nice thing for us to do as a community. Yeah. That's brilliant. Thank you very much. And uh, thank you very much for that. I mean, no oh, we can't get through the amount of stuff that you have on the website. <laughs> 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 a lot. Because you've got so much stuff going on. But if you go to kitacon.org, that is K-I-T-A-C-O-N.org, uh, there's plenty more information on there. I believe there's a wait list. If you haven't had a chance to get tickets yet, you can join the wait list. I believe it was at 8 this morning. So <laughs> it might be more for next year's con. Possibly, uh, but always yep. keep an eye on next, next time we should be summer 2017. We, yes. haven't got, we're, we can't even think about that. The yeah. moment we are still currently working on Carnival. There's a few weeks to go. It's, mm -hmm. uh, it does get a bit stressful in the final runs-up from, from our side, but yeah. at the end of the day, like I said, it's always worth it. It's it, always it, going to be a great event. Yeah. It always comes together. People have a great time. And then once we have a, a nice cool-off for about a month, we'll start thinking about the summer of 2017 <laughs> and dates and yeah. all that sort of stuff. And we can find you on Kit on Twitter, sorry, at mm -hmm. Kitacon, which is at symbol K I T A C O N, of course. Mm -hmm. And if you search on Facebook for Kitacon, they can get through to your event page. Yeah. And there's probably loads of fan groups and everything yeah, around there. And yep. All the great cosplayers and everything you can see on there. <laughs> and uh, again, thank you very much from myself for you guys coming in today. You're going to keep with us for the rest of the hour. Yeah, sure, we'd love to. And uh, we also look forward to seeing you at the event. Right? Yes, I will be <laughs> attending on one of the days. I believe the Friday I'll be popping Absolutely. down. Absolutely. And, and just let me add to your uh, description uh, very quickly. Uh, if anyone who's any other press out there who want to attend, mm -hmm. we still have press passes available. I uh, can, as the press officer, I can arrange that. So get in touch at press at kitacon.org. So press at kitacon.org if you do want to come down. Thank and you. thank you very much. Uh, we're actually going to go into a track now that you guys have picked yourselves, which is <laughs> Don't Fear the Reaper for my Blue Oyster Call. I believe this is a little bit of a theme for the convention. I believe so. I know that, um, <laughs> when Hugh said we were coming on, he sort of 
that you sort of pitched out. So, do we have a theme to take? Do we have a, like a tune to take? <laughs> I I can't remember being involved in this conversation, but half the committee <laughs> half the committee decided this hey, was a perfect. Yeah, one. you were busy. Everyone else said. So. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. It's a classic, and it speaks to that sense of fun and the part the, the party atmosphere that we create at Kitakon. And we're introducing a new element to the show this week, which is Paul Hadsley, who you may hear on the Happy Talk show every Monday between twelve and two. I believe it is, Dave. Yes, it is. Yeah, you can always find him between twelve and two. Dave crashes the show quite often. But he's going to be our geeky TV producer going forwards, so he'll be reviewing a show a week. But I uh, just had a quick interview with him earlier in the week, and we had a chat about what he's going to be bringing to the station. So uh, have a quick listen. So hello, everybody, and hello to Paul. Hi, Paul. Hi, William. And uh, Paul's going to be our roving TV correspondent on the Geeky Room Show going forward. Mm. And you also do the Happy Talk Show on a Monday between yes. the hours of... 12 and 2. 12 and 2. Well, it's another geeky outlet. Because that's just me all over. Yeah, and it's great to bring you into the geeky fold nice. on the Geeky Brummer Show. So, what TV will you be watching for us, Paul? Well, the thing is, at the minute, I just wanted to talk very quickly about how what a golden era in of cult TV, I guess I would call it. Oh, most definitely. You know, my, my recording devices of various factions are being filled up. I mean, there's at least two or three shows a day. I mean, there's, there's the block of The Flash, Arrow... And now DC's Legend of Tomorrow, we'll talk about that in a moment. And Supergirl returning this Supergirl's this week. Oh, I need to make some space. Yes, there's all of that. There's The Walking Dead, there's Agents of Marvel Shield, there's Agents Peggy Carter of Marvel. There, I know I say it like that. Um, there is... And there's about um, to be another spin-off for Marvel. Which a new is, one? Uh, Agent most, uh, Marvel's Most Wanted, which is Mockingbird, who's yeah. Adrian Palicki in the oh, show. Okay. And Hunter. I thought they cancelled that. I thought um, they thought no, it was not synopsis is out. So, was it the guy, the English guy, the British guy? Yes. Is he going to have his own spin-off? They cancelled. Yeah. So okay. that was cancelled. Right. But now it's looking like to be a spin-off of Marvel's Most Wanted, which will be mm. Mockingbird and Hunter from the show on the room. Okay. Yeah. Let's have. Where up to um, Deathlock? What happened to him? What has he done on his own series? He will be returning at some point. I hope so. That is all they've said. Yeah. I hope he, he deserves his own series. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so there's all of that. There's obviously the return of the X-Files, which of course, has yeah. been good, but I'm not sure David Duchovny is playing the same character he was in the 90s. Um, he seems to be taking a little bit of his character from Californication. Through yes. Yeah. And then I stumbled upon Heroes Revisited, Reborn, whichever it's called. Heroes Reborn. Heroes Reborn. Oh, like, five star? This is back now. It was all right. It was, yeah. mm-hmm. it was mainly about... Um, yeah, not many of them have returned except for the Hormian Glasses Man. Yeah. With Heroes Reborn, it was apparently the script they wrote for Series 10. Was it? And that's where they've brought it back from. So they've skipped series 10? Yeah, they skipped the intervening series. Yeah, and four. this is what Series 10 would have been. Series 4, I think you're getting confused yeah. with the X-Men. No, 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 it was... They wrote... Oh, they wrote 10 series. They wrote 10 series, and this is... They were optimistic. Series 10, yeah. <laughs> I say I want to know what happens to series five and Claire. Mm-hmm. I still expect Claire at the end they'll take something out of Claire's head and she'll wake up. But that's not a spoiler; that's a speculation. Um, Red Dwarf returning. Red Dwarf returning. Oh, that's going to be a great thing. Back um, in filming now. Yeah. And I'm definitely very excited for the return of Robot Wars. Not a, a science fiction show, but very culty, and it was my childhood. And you've got Dara O'Brien hosting now. Dara O'Brien hosting. I've heard of, good things. I've only heard yeah. good things from people. I know someone that went to the filming mm-hmm. and actually got in. Um, and all the house robots look really nice and cool but apart yeah. from the fact they haven't brought back Sergeant Bash Ooh. which is the controversy and it's my um, my opinion that maybe he's being held back to be 
a post-battle analysis to pundit, and he'll be saying like, "Well, <laughs> what I eat, what I would have done there is burn things." Yes, yeah, well, it, it might be a mid midway for the season relaunch. <laughs> yeah, or maybe they're hoping for a series two. There's only six that, episodes, so I think it's just a a small pilot series and see how well it goes. Either that, or they lost him in the warehouse somewhere. True. Uh, yeah, he's, he's suspiciously burnt down. I'm not quite sure why. Because of all the fuel that he had in him. He's on a rampage. He's yeah. gone loose. That's the quantity out of the way. Yeah. Let's talk quality now. Because um, I'm finding the interesting divide. I mean, there's always a divide between Marvel and DC. Yes. Comics, movies, but now in TV. Yes. And their style about going about things is slightly different, I've noticed. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, DC have got all dark and gritty Marvel, the last few seasons yeah but Marvel well at least this is, I'm just based on TV but the Marvel series seem to have more of a vibe Whedon-esque vibe about them yeah I mean well, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. being run by uh, Joss Whedon's brother yeah that's kind I mean, of apart from <laughs> I say Firefly vibe, yeah. in the most recent episodes they're started going I think because of events they're being more serious about things but they've always mm-hmm. had a sense of humour I yeah. found the DC series I'm a big fan of the Flash I do like I do like the Flash I know it can be seen as cheesy and a bit soapy in some parts. It, it's very monster of the week, I'd say. I, I'm okay with that, but you know, sometimes it does get too soap opery. Now we've found the uh, missing mother and the long lost brother. Spoilers mm. of the Wests. Yes, Wally West. Who was don't don't say anything. You don't. I don't know. I'm not having any of this. No spoilers. Yeah. Um, he's just the son of the man, yes. the policeman. He has no no connotations. That's just you know. So I didn't read the comics, so it's all new to me. Yeah, I mean, I know same, I've heard the name. Though. Yeah, I mean, there's been the same controversy with Arrow, of course, mm. with them bringing in Diggle, who was mm. never in the comics, and uh-huh. now is in the comics. Yeah. so he's moved over, and Felicity as well. It seems to be another mm. character who's mm. been absorbed back mm. into the comics from the TV we, show. There is this talk about characters that become so good. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if you look back, that Harley Quinn was invented for the cartoon Com- about uh, Batman the animated the animated series. Like, that's right. Yeah. So yeah, and um, then became such a legend. Now she's in the films, and she will be in the films later on. Yep. Um, so that is the sort of thing you can sort of canon immigrant. They call it on the TV tropes mm-hmm. to be proper about it. I don't want to be negative about DC, of course, but well, mm-hmm. we then we moved on to the new DC's Legends of Tomorrow or um, Firefly Part Two. Yeah. Or Firefly Plus Part Two, Part Two. Yeah, it's just all five of a sci-fi series merged into one. If you got yeah. Doctor Who, elements of Xena and Hercules with the winged people, yeah. um, strange people with ice and gun, ice guns. Yeah, Captain Cold and Heatwave. Yeah, they was they weren't the, weren't the people I would have picked. Mm-hmm. I mean, Flash has its cheesy elements. I'll put it that way. Yeah. It, it, it does a lot of well, good. It does a lot of good, like with enemies and, and working out. And then they have a massive gorilla yeah. that has human brain inside it or whatever it is. And, and shocking like, as well. Yeah, and it's like oh, it's a bit far. I know it's a, a superhero series yeah. with a man that runs too fast, but it's a massive gorilla, really. And yeah. then the, the guy mean, who is the lead actor I know he was famous from Prison Break or something like that he doesn't seem to be good at the villain thing I know he's not a villain he's going to be a hero so he's, he's, an, he's pretty much an anti-hero mm. in, he will he's do not, things for his own purpose but has that moral compass to a not, certain extent he's not the person I would have picked to be in the series and I do worry about the amount of people in the series if they'll get lost but that, again yeah. I've just seen the pilot so it's all new to me yeah I mean there's a little bit of smugness that comes through um, that's mm. what he's trading off on the character it's more than anything else everyone else has wings and powers and has micro suit and he and Iron Man's in that's another element they seem yes. to have or Ant-Man as well so Iron Man and Ant-Man or Brandon Routh yeah but then he just has an ice gun it's like yes. yeah anyone could hold that gun what's his, <laughs> what's his problem why is he the great one he's got glasses yes. great but yeah so it is early days on that the pilot didn't grab me and I've only seen half the pilot I think so as we uh, talk well oh. we'll see how the triumph happened 
bit goes down because they mm. visited 1975 so yeah. far and they'll be going into the future hopefully yeah. at some point I mean but, what was it the time meddlers whatever they're called yes. it did just seem like we can't come time lords <laughs> what else can we call them <laughs> so yeah I mean yeah. I, the pilot wasn't the best pilot I've ever seen but then I've said that about a lot of series and become yeah. a fan of them so I'm not judging it yet I'm just saying it probably had too many elements for one episode I, I think they've gone more for a romp kind of feel with this yeah, one to make it a little just, bit more accessible to everybody I'm glad I said that because that I've just worked it out that is exactly it there was too much going on for a pilot yeah. they should have just maybe introduced them one by one in each episode I mean Firestorm got its moment he was in the flash I don't know if he yeah I've yeah. seen him in the flash he was one you know, he was one of the breakout characters you, yeah. they call it I would have said you know, Firestorm was great well, mm-hmm. took both of them I guess it's two yeah. people merging into one but yeah so some of the choices are interesting the Hawk Man and Hawk Girl. Yeah. Who are... They obviously quickly did them last year. <laughs> they squeezed yeah. them in into a special episode. But. I mean, they're very big in the comics, of course. Yeah. I mean, founding members of the Justice League, of, which yep. is where most people know them from. But they seem to be more of a secondary character so far, mm. I'd say. Mm. So, yeah, I'm just, I wasn't grabbed by the pilot, but I am intrigued mm. to see... Now they've got such a big cast. It's a bit yeah. like the sci-fi shows in the 90s. They've got a big cast. Each, I guess each, each pairing will get their own episode. Yeah. And so I think the Firestorm episode, the Hawk yeah. Girl episode, and then the yeah, I think it'll take a little bit of time for the characters to mm. settle into a new audience, especially yes. if anybody's not watched Flash or Arrow mm. or even Supergirl now, which is crossing yeah. over previously. They're gonna Got a lot to catch up on it. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of information yeah. and backstory that you won't be aware of. That's what I'm worried about is if you yeah. just watch one series because really I didn't really watch the Arrow. I just watched the Flash last year, mm-hmm. but I didn't really feel I was missing out by not seeing things in Arrow. Yes, he went off to talk yeah. to Arrow and Arrow turned up sometimes, yeah. but I don't think I was just missing out. This year I did watch the joint event with yeah. the, the Hawk Girl. Yeah, because Flash actually launched originally on the Arrow. It mm. was a underhand pilot, I yeah. the way they called it, which yeah. was they didn't know if the Flash would be successful. Yeah. And it was let's throw him into Arrow and see how he goes there. Yeah. I mean, they've even brought Constantine, which is on a completely different separate channel. Oh, brought yeah. Him into I did Arrow see, yeah. for one episode. But you've also got Gotham as well at the minute, oh, which yeah, is no, another I, DC I, show. How long have we been talking? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Gotham I'm enjoying, actually. Um, it's getting better. But now they've made some interesting decisions in Series 2. Yes, especially definitely. when they're building up to something. Um, it's hard to talk. Are we talking spoilers on this? We, we haven't given a spoiler warning. Or anything. I think we need to get a spoiler alert. But but we studio. are concurrent with the UK Channel Five release schedule. But also we yes. stuff on Sky, which may turn up later. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I don't talk The Walking Dead. I'm still behind. But, <laughs> um, yeah, so they made a decision. Let's just say with regards to some of their villains. Yeah, which I thought was after all that build up. Why? But. You know, it just gives the chance that anyone can be anyone in this universe. And they're doing quite a lot of subtle nods towards the comic. They're like introducing yeah. characters under their real yeah. names rather than their aliases, which yeah. if you're a comic fan, you're probably going, <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah. that's what that's I like, because if you don't follow the comics, I get surprised, and then you put yeah. on a mask or a villain. Oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah. So, yes, we're in a wealth, I think, of cult TV. I've mm. never known so much of this. How many series have we just mentioned? At least ten, I think. At least, mm. yeah. And it's and been... A, pretty much a revival from say the last time mm. things were this good was late 80s early yeah. 90s well I, yeah, I wasn't my even, even earlier than that well, yeah all I remember was... as a kid is just a Buffy and Star Trek was yeah. kind of on BBC yeah and, and that yeah. was it you also had the post Star Wars boom with mm. Battlestar Galactica I never saw that great shows like that yeah. so I think from now on I'll nominate a series of the week yeah. and talk about it based on who's on what point in their arc but yeah, um, so I just wanted to talk about everything I could in one go. A bit like the pilot. It's, like, it's yes. appropriate. It's a bit like the pilot for 
League yeah. of Tomorrow. So Paul will be joining us every week going forward mm. and talking about a show he a show, show of the, the week. week. Yes. And we'll look forward to hearing his views and I think yeah. next week I'll just do the second half of the pilot again to see yes. give it another chance. I'm not writing it off yes. Give it another yeah. chance, I'd say. Yeah, okay. Thanks. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks Have very much. Yeah, thanks very much, Paul. And you can always hear Paul again Mondays twelve till two on Happy Talk. And that was Paul Hadley, as you probably guessed from. Uh, that's about it from me this week. Thank you very much to special guests today, Hugh and Ian from Kitacon. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you for coming. To producers, Sean. Uh, thank you. And producer Dave at the back thank of the room. You. And we'll be back with you next week. Thanks for listening to this Brum Radio podcast. If you've enjoyed it, please consider joining our listener supporters. You can do this by clicking the support tab on our website will go direct to Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Brum Radio. Brum Radio shows are streamed online at the Brum Radio Mixcloud page and you can find more podcasts at brumradio.com.